everyone this is sam and this is kareen and we are two onk ducks this week's episode is the third part of our updates on breast cancer and this week we'll be focusing on metastatic breast cancer covering important details on systemic therapy related to metastatic breast cancer and key toxicities and although this is an incurable condition thankfully with our new trials and treatments survival is improving and the goals of therapy are to prolong survival control symptoms minimize toxicity from therapy, and maintain a good quality of life. And it's really important to keep into consideration the patient's goals and preferences and know when transitioning to best supportive care is appropriate. Agreed on all fronts. And I think it's also very interesting that clinical trials now are building in a quality of life component. So they're really making this a metric that we need to identify and gather from our patients. So we're not only just looking at OS and PFS, but we're really looking at how the patients are doing and how they tolerate these therapies. So we're going to, again, break this down into the three categories for breast cancers. And so it's going to be ERPR positive, HER2 positive, and triple negative. So to start us off, we're going to go with ERPR positive metastatic breast cancer and how do we um, treat these in the first line setting? So first line treatment will generally be an aromatase inhibitor. So either anastrozole, exomethane, or letrozole, along with a CDK4-6 inhibitor, which is either going to be ribocyclib, palbocyclib, or abemocyclib. And then for women that are premenopausal, also consider ovarian suppression. Great. And so these CDK4-6 inhibitors, they are hot drugs for test day as well as the ITEs. And so what are some key facts and toxicities of these medicines that we need to know about? So all CDK4-6 inhibitors can cause cytopenias and need CBC for monitoring. They can all cause fatigue and all of them have a 2% risk of pneumonitis. And for abemocyclib, you can have GI toxicity, which can present with nausea or diarrhea. And this is the one that is given on a continuous cycle, whereas the other two, ribo and palbo, are given on a three-week on, one-week off schedule. And for abemocyclib, remember that this has good CNS penetration and a lower neutropenia rate. And then for ribocyclib, this can prolong your QTC, so you do need to monitor with EKGs at baseline and periodically, and can also increase your LFTs. And this is the one with the most significant OS benefit in clinical trials. And then remember that RB1 mutation or loss confers resistance to CDK4-6 inhibitors, and they can certainly ask you this on the boards. And then traditionally, we were giving chemotherapy to patients in visceral crisis, but after the presentation of the Right Choice trial at San Antonio Breast Conference in 2022, we now prefer endocrine therapy with CDK4-6 inhibitors in this setting. Exactly. The way that I remember the key toxicities of abemocyclib and ribocyclib is the first three letters of each name. So ABE or AB, abdominal cavity, I think of nausea and diarrhea. Ribocyclib is RIB, rib. And so I think of our ribs encasing our heart. So that's how I remember the QTC prolongation and the need for the EKG. Palbocyclib is the worst offender for neutropenia. So I just committed that one to memory as the oddball out. And so what are our second line options for ERPR positive metastatic breast cancer? For women that have a PIK3CA mutation, you can give Alpelisib with fulvestrant and side effects include rash and it's contraindicated and poorly controlled insulin-dependent diabetes. And then you can also consider exomestane with everolimus. And remember, for everolimus, this is an mTOR inhibitor that can cause stomatitis. So you need a dexamethasone mouthwash for prevention and can also cause pneumonitis and rash. 
And then if you didn't use the CDK4-6, you can consider fulvestrant with CDK4-6. And then for those with ESR1 mutations, you can consider elicestrant. Hopefully I pronounced that right. And then finally, chemotherapy options include aribulin, which has an OS benefit in the EMBRACE trial, doxorubicin, and remember that if you go over the 300 milligram per meter squared cumulative dose, you can give dexrezoxane to decrease cardiac toxicity. And then I'll talk about this a little bit later, but remember for HER2 low, you can consider trastuzumab derexican. And then also an option in the fourth line setting is sasituzumab govotecan. And so what is the mechanism of action of sasituzumab? Because I think this is testable. So it's an antibody drug conjugate that binds to trope 2. And side effects include neutropenia, fatigue, and diarrhea. Great. And so our next category for metastatic breast cancers are those that are HER2 positive. And so what is our best approach for first and second line therapies? So first line options include DHP or THP, and the HP is H for Herceptin or Trastuzumab and P for Pertuzumab. The D is Docetaxel and the T is Paclitaxel. And then the second line setting, now we have Trastuzumab Deruxican, which is now up in the second line, whereas before it was in the third line setting. And this is an antibody drug conjugated to topoosomerase 1, and side effects include interstitial lung disease, and this can be treated with steroids. And you can rechallenge if it was grade one interstitial lung disease, and it can also cause neutropenia. Great. And so what about third line and subsequent line therapies for HER2 positive metastatic breast cancers? So in the third line setting, there's no clear winner, but there's a few options. You have TDM1. Remember, we talked about this given adjuvantly if you have residual disease after neoadjuvant therapy for HER2 localized breast cancer. And side effects include elevated LFTs and thrombocytopenia. Other options include tocatinib and trastuzumab with capecitabine, which is preferred if you have active CNS disease. Other options include trastuzumab with lapatinib, margituximab with chemotherapy, and then neratinib and capecitabine. And remember that this has a high rate of diarrhea and you need to give it with loperamide. Great. And so one more mechanism of action that I think we should talk about. So how does margituximab work? Margituximab is an anti-HER2 antibody that binds with elevated affinity to both the lower and higher affinity forms of CD16A, an FC receptor important for antibody-dependent cell-mediated cytotoxicity against tumor cells. Great. And so our last category is triple negative breast cancer. And so what is the preferred first-line treatment in the metastatic setting? So generally, chemotherapy can be considered either single agent like taxanes, paclitaxel, docetaxel, or anthracyclines like doxorubicin. In some cases of visceral crisis, you can consider doublet chemotherapy. And then if you have pdl one which is considered to be positive, you can give chemotherapy with pembrolizumab. And the chemo options for that are generally paclitaxel or gemcitabine with carboplatin. And then for patients that have BRCA1 or 2 mutations, you can give PARP inhibitors as Olaparib or talazoparib, or you can also consider chemotherapy. Right. And so, can you remind us who's considered PDL1 positive in this setting? Yes. So, PDL1 positive are women with a CPS score greater or equal to 10. And for those, you can add pembrolizumab to the chemo backbone. Great. And so, what about the treatment of second line metastatic triple negative breast cancer? So for women that are considered to be HER2 low, so either IHC1 or 2 plus with negative FISH, based on the Destiny 04 trial, 
we have trastuzumab derexican, which is now approved for these HER2 low patients with metastatic breast cancer. And this was groundbreaking and got a standing ovation. And last year, we didn't think it was fair game for the boards, but this year it probably is because it is category one, second line option for triple negative breast cancer. And another option in the second line setting is also sasituzumab govotecan. And you may also see this in bladder cancer treatment. Remember this from our episode. Great. And you know, I'm going to ask what's next. So tell us how we treat metastatic triple negative in the third line and subsequent line settings. So here you can look for other targetable mutations like NTRAC. And so you have larotrectinib or entrectinib. You can think about RET mutations like selpercatinib. Uh, if for some reason immunotherapy wasn't given for a woman that's MSI high, it can be considered and other chemos that haven't been tried previously. Right. Or, of course, encourage clinical trial. Always clinical trial. I think that's always the right answer in these settings. And so lastly, before we, we wrap up, what is the role of bone protective agents in metastatic breast cancer? For women with bony disease, you can consider bisphosphonates like zoledronic acid or pomidronate, as well as consider denosumab. Great. So I think this is an awesome third episode to wrap us up for our updates in breast cancer for 2023. And Kareen, what are our takeaways? So remember that basic algorithm of the three categories, ERPR positive, HER2 positive, and triple negative. So for ERPR positive, you're going to do aromatase inhibitor with a CDK4-6 inhibitor. And remember those key toxicities of the CDK4-6 inhibitors. For HER2 positive in the first line setting, you have THP or DHP. And remember, in the second line now, trastuzumab deruxican is the preferred option. And then for triple negative breast cancer, you're going to do chemotherapy. And then if the CPS is greater or equal to 10, you add pembrolizumab. And then if they're BRCA1 or 2, you can consider PARP inhibitors like olaparib or talazoparib. And then remember now in the second line setting for those HER2 low patients, you can also consider trastuzumab deruxtecan and know the mechanism of action as well as key toxicities for all of these and treat symptoms and recognize emergencies such as cord compression, imminent fractures, or hypercalcemia as well. Definitely. So thanks for covering all three episodes and updating us this year. And as always, thank you guys for listening and good luck with your board studying. It is coming up very quickly. Um, so please feel free to reach out to us with any corrections or comments on our Instagram or our Twitter to Docs, and have a great week.